0: Welcome to Greener Fields with me, your host, Hannah Nash. Here, I'll be chatting with people all around the world about the realities of life in your 20s and 30s, especially regarding what life is like living in Ireland or abroad. The good, the bad, the funny and the ugly, and everything else in between to help you decide whether the grass is always greener on the other side or just greener wherever you water it. Enjoy. Neve, you are very welcome to Greener Fields. How are you getting on?
1: I'm good. I have my little puppy here in front of me. So we here growling in the background. <laughs> That's the puppy.
0: Yeah. The thing about it is I was just saying to Neve that we just got a puppy as well. And I'm very jealous that I don't have my puppy on my lap here, but he is he or she absolutely gorgeous? She. She means. Absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. Well, listen, Neve, I am so grateful to have you on already um we haven't even got started and I just feel like it's going to be a very special conversation having had a look through kind of your content over the last little while and where your head is at and different things um Years
1: are growling yeah. <laughs>
0: so I'm gonna keep her quiet if I can don't worry about it at all but listen
1: me for those who don't know you would you mind
0: telling us a little bit
1: about yourself Okay, so I always try to like explain and I don't really know. I'm basically just a girl with a shopping problem or that really loves clothes. That's basically the way to describe it. But I suppose I'm 28, nearly 29 years of age. I kind of took the unconventional route to a degree and everything like that back in the day. I can say back in the day now because I left school like 10 years ago, which is kind of terrifying. Um, and I suppose I've thrown my hand to everything since because I don't think in your 20s you ever really know what you're doing with your life. No matter. I think I thought by the time I was 24, or 25, I'd be married with two kids. I am 28, single and have a pet dog and I could not be happier. You know what I mean? I it, what you think they're saying is what is it? And I'm not that religious or anything like that, but it is like um, you want to make God laugh. Tell him your plans, you know, so <laughs> anything I planned isn't what after happening but I think it's a more I'm going off on a tangent already it's um the route I've gone down is a completely different one than I expected but I'm very happy for that yeah so I'm basically just a fashion person fashion obsessed
0: basically well honestly I I was looking through your feed and I was like getting so much inspiration for myself because I'm trying to give myself a bit of a fashion overall because I have no fashion sense and I don't know what looks good on me and different things like that so I was scrolling through doing my proper um you know, research slash stuff, depending on what you're doing uh, or what you're saying. <laughs> she is so good at at what she does, and it's so clear oh, that thank you have so such, much. No, such a passion for it as well. And I guess that passion for for clothes and for fashion is something that's gonna probably come up throughout this conversation. But Absolutely, yeah. For those, I guess, kind of what I love to ask the, my guests at the beginning is, kind of their an idea to get into whether they, you know, how they've experienced adventure or travel um, when they were younger, because it would kind yeah. of may impact or may have different yeah, ways to, to where they are kind of today. So for you, Niamh, when it came to maybe some of your earliest memories as mm-hmm. a child, um, when it came to kind of travel or adventure, whether that was in Ireland or um, abroad or things like that, what were your kind of earliest memories?
1: um I suppose growing up I have one older brother and then there's just my parents um I just always remember us going on like one big family holiday every year be it like Lanzarote like everyone else that had young kids or else Portugal and it was kind of like a tradition every year and it was such a a, like privileged time because I suppose when else do you spend that time with just your immediate family and you have to spend time together and they're the memories I do have growing up in regards to travel and I do get to go on city breaks here and there but I suppose I was a very regular family like our every year we saved up and we worked towards that big holiday and you cherished it and I think that's why now I look at travelling more, more as a cherished adventure rather than I go over and I give it a year you know what I mean I rather plan something and have an amazing four or five days mm. and come back and then plan the next one that's I think that's where that thought process around all that has come from
0: yeah, and even you saying that, I think that is quite a unique perspective so far of the conversations yeah. we've had on Greener Fields, um, and I think that is going to be really interesting to delve into in due course, but you mentioned before that you kind of took a little bit of an unconventional route into college and the working world, and I guess, you know, late teens, early
1: 20s. Yeah. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Um, I suppose if you had seen me in like sixth year, fifth year, you had been like, this one's be going to become a doctor or something because I was a nerd. Like, there's no doubt about it. It's just because I was such, I suppose, back then, I didn't know what it was, but I was such an overly anxious person mm-hmm. that I was studying so much. And I, I that's just who I was. I've always been that person. Um, But I n- was never really sure what I wanted to actually do. I suppose, like, I did my leave-ins 10 years ago. And back then, like, gap years and everything like that weren't a thing or going to like social media kind of was I know I sound like a, a prehistoric rock, but like social media was only taken off. Um like Instagram was at the stage of like you and five friends have liked your photograph. You know, it, it's that long ago. Um so I did my praise, got really good results. Everyone's like, oh, she's definitely going to go on. I think I was thinking of doing like um, business or sort of event management or else teaching. Wasn't too sure which one I wanted. All I ever wanted to be growing up was a teacher and did two weeks work experience and absolutely hated it. I was like, I'm going to kill them all. <laughs> I don't have the patience for this. Um, But I still in the back of my head was like, maybe it's a safe bet for me to go do. Mm-hmm. So I got my result, I did the leave and start. kind of between my pre's and my leave and start, I was still so hesitant, was filling out everything as normal because look, everyone needs a backup plan. But just before I sat my exams, I said to my parents, look, I'm not too sure what it is I actually want to do. I suppose like I come from a very normal working class family. So like going to college and throwing away four or five grand and deciding you know that's not for me or staying in there too long and then losing the advantage of having to pay full fees you know or anything like that it wasn't really an option so I decided look I wanted to take some time out to figure out what it is I really want to do I did always feel a little bit different in school but I suppose I couldn't like pinpoint why I felt a little bit different um I, there was like so many different things, like my best. I was the youngest one of my year. My best friends were in the year below me. You know, it was all I suppose I felt like I I felt like ne- I never really fit in. Mm-hmm. Um. So my parents were so supportive. They were a bit shocked at first. Uh, I was like, I want to take a year out. Don't know what I'm doing. I promise I'll work. I'll fend for myself. I pay for myself, you know, and I wasn't going to take a full uh, dive from education. I was. Do- I said this. I'll do part time courses and different things that I'm thinking about doing. Um, and like testing out the fields and seeing what is is it that I really want to do so I did that and then did my leave and Sarah got really good results was told by my principal at the time when I was handing me it was at the time you to go in individually one by one for to get your results so me my mom went in and I before he even got my results, he was like, it's such a waste of believe in circus, You're not going to university. And I my thought my mother is the most like she would not like argue with anyone. But I thought she was actually going to jump over the table and be like, are you serious? Um, So got my results. And then I suppose even the reaction from him, I was like, I'm so adamant. It was it almost infuriated me to a degree that I was like, I'm going to make this gap year work like you're not going to sway my idea. So got all the courses and everything that I went to, got teaching and got the business course uh, to my business course was my first one. So I diverted that for a year. Mm-hmm. So at least I had a space if I decided the following year, I did want to go uh, and took my gap year. And then, yeah, I suppose I kind of really found myself, but also really lost myself in that year, if that makes sense. Um, So that was back then, like, I know it sounds, oh, it's, it sounds like I'm about 50, like, but 10 years ago, things have changed so much within the social media space and everything in those 10 years that, like, taking a gap year was just a uh, no-no. Like, it was you had to either be a teacher or a doctor or go to the army or, you know, go to the police or do something. And, like, there was me and another boy in my year taking a gap year and he was doing his own thing in sports. And we were kind of seen, I suppose, taking a gap year as delinquents. But, like, looking back at us now, w- like I'm not so Jesus I've nothing figured out in my life at all but <laughs> at all at all but I do think out of the two of us we've kind of stuck to who we are you know and not gone with what society has kind of told us you had to do Yeah, Is that like a
0: winded answer I don't know well it's just so interesting and I think that the idea of a gap year actually came up in a conversation for this podcast that I that I had it last week and yeah. I think it's really interesting so when I went I went to WIT in Waterford um for my undergrad and within that year there was quite a few people who had taken a year out who had done a PLC yeah. and it was kind of relatively normal like that was kind of the thing yeah. when I grew up it was never even a suggestion. Like I never even thought about it. Um, yeah. I never thought about it as something that could benefit me. I never thought about it as something that was an option. And that's not necessarily a good yeah. or bad thing, but it was just for me, not an op- wasn't in my frame of mind. Yeah. Um, and I really think when we hear about this idea of a gap year, and I think it's, it's big in the UK, um, it's this idea of like, you know, we are when, we're, when we finish school, we're 17, 18, and then yeah. we're expected to sign up to a course. And I know from being at the other side of it now, I'm 26. So many people, I think, if we could ask in hindsight, would they have taken a year out? Would they have done a different course in college? Yeah. I think it's probably like 70, 30. I'd say 70%, if not more, would have said that potentially.
1: Absolutely. I think like transition year should be after college or after your leaving cert. Like I've always said it it's i think you should have transition when you have transition here, but i also think there should be a transitional year to a degree to teach you things that like none of us have a clue of there's so many things that i've been like what oh yeah like, <laughs> like yeah. my previous job i I'm, I'm working for my family business now but my previous job, it was like a state job and they were like, people I was working, it was like, um. Now imagine 20 years, what age do you be? They were like, what age are you now? And I was like, 28, in 20 years, you will be 40. Imagine the pension you'll have. And my face was like, huh? But I was like, I can't retire for another 20 years after that. So I was like, 40 years in this box? No, no. It gave me the fear of God and the amount of people That when I told them no I'm leaving it like it's just not for me it's I felt like I worked with amazing people and girls I really really enjoyed but it just wasn't creatively stimulating and if anything it was ruining like like the like ruining my creativity side and I was like no I'm gonna do work for my family business I have the opportunity my father's given me the opportunity I'm gonna run with this might work I'm leaving a safe job you know but life's short like I could be dead next week anyway do you know what I mean so what good is a pension to me then anyway so <laughs> honestly and it's it's I think I actually just scrolled
0: tiktok this morning I think it was someone like Jay Shetty said something about um if you it's something very similar like if you were in a job and you talk about 20 years from now you're saying same same job how would that make you feel and stuff like that and I think you know for some people those jobs really suit them and yeah and and the kind of like um I would call normal whatever normal is in inverted commas trajectory of school to college to job um and everything like that that works for a lot of people and that's why it's kind of been set up that way yeah absolutely felt a little bit different if you've ever kind of felt that you know particularly if you're in the kind of creative space where that doesn't necessarily always fit into the traditional way because you're thinking about different things you see the world slightly differently for you Niamh then when that kind of tradition of where you went to college or didn't go mm-hmm. to college or your earlier set a lot of times that is a really pivotal part of your 20s and your kind of adulthood because it's the friends it's the social life yeah um the first time you're an adult you're independent yeah. for you who did it a little bit more or slightly differently how yeah. was that time in your life for you when it came to not just maybe not necessarily studying straight away or full-time. But the social side, the kind of well-being side, and everything else in between, because yeah, you really didn't necessarily follow the crowd. Uh-huh. That, can,
1: that can be difficult sometimes. Um, I suppose I, the first year of my gap year, I still lived the college life because my friends were still in college. But I suppose my best friend had gone back and repeated. And then my other best friends were still in sixth year. So I think if anything, I kind of did a few night courses and really threw myself into just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then like my second year I went to college at nighttime. Um I decided because I, I suppose I had a, a job at the time and I, I never took a full time full-time job because I said if I was earning the wage of full-time person at 18 i would never want to go back and educate myself to any degree so i always did like three to four days at most so that i just didn't was a flush with money but i could support myself you know um and so i suppose it was my second gap my second year i i called it my second gap year i was at college at nighttime like four nights a week but um and i did a marketing degree but that's when I really had the college life because my best friends were out. Do you know? If anything, I felt like I probably had a better run of the middle because I was working during the day. I was going to college at night I probably skipped half my lectures because I was like, oh, "I'm grind. I have time to study," and I went out with my friends. So that year was like those two second and third year out after school were really fun. You know, I was coming up to twenty one. And I always remember I was working in a retail job at the time and it was coming up to the Christmas of 21. I was 21 in the January and my, I suppose, mental health at the time, I just thought I was different. I didn't understand a lot. I had a lot going on with my family at the time. My brother suffers with his mental health. um, And back then he was in a pivotal point of his life because he was in the final year of his degree and everything like that. So I suppose my eyes were really opened up to, oh, there's something different wrong with what the way I'm feeling, and my parents. I'm very fortunate. My parents are very open. You know, their mom's like, I don't care if you're sweeping dirt on the side of the road. If you're happy, yeah. honestly, that's all that matters to us. Um, and that's. I think that stage I really felt a gap of. Oh, some of my friends were going to America during the summer. Do you know, did I make a mistake not going to university and doing the four year degree? Mm-hmm just all these thoughts and that's when i felt really lost and mm-hmm. um, and i i always remember that christmas i had so many feelings or so many thoughts in my head and i was just down all the time and i'm quite a like happy go lucky person i'm very quiet and i keep to myself an awful lot and i don't share a lot of my private life and i have a very few handful of friends that i absolutely adore and they're the same friends i've had since i'm four and five you know so I'm kind of like a person when I you when you're my friend, you're my friend for life. I really take everyone in as family straight away, um, which I don't know is a good or bad thing, but yeah, at twenty one, I just that kind of stage where everyone was so happy, I was feeling the other way, and I felt myself going the other way, and that's when I suppose I have an amazing GP, thank God, because a lot of GPs would have brushed like. Mm-hmm young 20s decided been like you're grand you're so young you're going out drinking you're going out this it's all a combination of all that and I was just like no something's really not right here mm-hmm. um so at that stage I had to take time out from work I took her time out from college I just took literally like six weeks eight weeks out just to kind of figure out what is going on mm-hmm. um I started going to therapy, everything like that. And yeah, I suppose I kind of found my feet a little and I was kind of floating is the way I put it for like two or three years. And then until like 2018, I think it was, I was in work. My dad actually had a heart attack that summer. Everything was all over the shop in my own head and I was like I'm actually not right I've been floating for the last few years and you know just going through the emotions like normal just kind of getting up doing the bits going out doing everything like that and then that's when I kind of broke a little back that bit back then I was like no this is serious like I need to I was becoming really recluse and I I'm the type of person I love my own company so I could happily stay in my own company for a week like and not care. Do you know what I mean? Talk to no one, and it wouldn't actually bother me. i probably have had fifty-five conversations that week with myself, um, or or the dog. You know what I mean? I'm just I I really enjoy my own company because I feel safe in my own company, and I feel I understand myself. Mm-hmm. So, um, back then I was going through a lot. I was going through therapy and everything like that. Jesus, I sound like an awful miserable person, but, um. Back then, the decision was made to go on medication. I didn't know was it for me, but I have I had tried everything at this stage, like everything and nothing was working. And my doctor explained it to me in a way she was like not forcing or anything. It was completely up to me, a discussion with my parents. But she was like, Neve, if you had a problem with your liver and I told you, you can't see it, but you still believe me. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I suppose. Um. So she's like, I'm telling you, you probably have a chemical imbalance and there's no way to test that unless you go on something to see does it alleviate how you're feeling and you know so went down meds and after about six weeks I was so ashamed I was like it was just such a stigma around it I was like oh god uh, who am I I'm depressed and I wasn't depressed like at all I was just socially very anxious and was becoming recluse and I just didn't like meeting people and I'd mm-hmm. like I'd think of worst case scenario all the time like I'd go on a plane and I'm like that's it I'm dying you know there was it was a to z in an instant it wasn't a and it's like if my friends didn't text me back with an hour I'd be like that's it I've done something wrong they hate me yeah I yeah. they could have just been busy yeah I was just there. are small things like I was just to describe it and I suppose to put it in relative everyday terms there were so much more but so after six weeks, I decided to take off myself off medication. Not my smartest move, <laughs> like <laughs> not my smartest move. Um, was quickly after about two months, been like about to lose the plot. They were like me, seriously, you need to like it was one step away from either being like not as in that I did anything wrong. But my parents like maybe you need to go somewhere and get yourself looked after. And but I was like, "Nope, we're going to do this. We're going to do this the right way. So I went on them. Properly, the end of 2018 and I feel like I've struggled an awful lot since then but I feel like I've never felt more myself Mm. since then and I suppose a long winded story but that is how I've got to so passionate about what I'm passionate about now because a lot of things became clearer to me because i was kind of unknown to myself in a haze for a very long time um and I think that was because of the institution of school. I remember taking my career guidance teacher going, if I'm going to college, I want to be in Limerick because I'm from Limerick. So I could live at home. I could drive in and out. Don't want to do anything in the medical field because I was like, I have no sympathy. I do have sympathy, but I just wouldn't be, my heart wouldn't be able for it. I was like, no, don't want to do it. And she came back to me with a uh, speech and language therapy in Waterford. I was like, honestly, that's literally the opposite of everything I've just asked Like for guidance on. Do you know, so... It's all because of those things that I'm so hazed and I just felt like for what for the first time in my life things became a little clearer. I don't know, am I after completely rambling on you? I am.
0: Neve, it's it's. I think you mentioned there that there is that that shame and stigma still about you know going into the doctor in your early twenties, mm. and I, I'm studying to become a psychotherapist, so I'm so passionate about this type of, um, I guess talking about things like this mm. because like shame reaching, shame, but conversation breeds the opposite of shame. Yeah. <laughs> it, breeds, it breeds understanding. Um and I think when people hear this, you know, this idea of being dismissed or or thinking that you're floating because you because you can, whatever that even mm-hmm. means. And it's sometimes yeah. these are all symptoms or even just experiences that we have that, you know, for some people it may be to maybe something like a chemical imbalance or it may be mm-hmm. a mental health disorder. For other people, it may just be short or chronic or long-term or Absolutely, short-term. Absolutely, yeah. But the, our experience is that I think almost everyone in some different capacity can relate to this idea of, you know, you mentioned the comparison that maybe you would have felt with some of the, the, the friends at different times mm-hmm. when they were super social and you were kind of pulling back and things like that. Absolutely, yeah. I think what I what I hear from all this is like you're extremely self-aware you you've you've been very self-aware of of yourself and and Mm -hmm. have a really good support system around you throughout that to be able to recognize you know like what's going on where these are not just normal experiences where where they kind of the threshold bounds over and what I would love to hear a little bit more about is that time then in a couple years later in the pandemic for someone who. Mm -hmm. You know, I, w- I would definitely relate to you in different ways where I get energy off people so much. I love conversation, but I also am really good at time alone. I'm really independent. I could spend, you know, I lived alone for a year and a half, had no issue, felt really like, was like really good in my own company for most of the time. Um, But then I really do love people as well. So it's kind of a weird balance, but the pandemic was this particularly unique time where we were told to go further away. So for someone who, likes her own company for someone who had already you know dealt with this like, kind of notion of kind of pulling away from society when you were actually told to do that for safety and well-being for a couple of years but you had all actually kind of faced that kind yeah. of portal you know, and you were like ready to go and you're really passionate about things and you were figuring yourself who you are but then the world is like actually stay at home Neve stay at yeah. home what was that time like for you? Hey, my name is Hannah and I am the host of Greener Fields. If you're enjoying this conversation, make sure to leave us a rating, share it with your friends and follow us on Instagram to keep up to date with all things Greener Fields.
1: I hated every single second of it because I'm the type of person, if you taught me, jump, I'll sit. You know what I mean? So the fact... It's when someone tells me, oh, we're going doing something this weekend. I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm the type of friends like I'll cancel last five minutes. Absolutely no bother at all. Like I am the friend that if you were like, I can't make it today. I'm like, absolutely no bother at all. Don't pressure on yourself. <laughs> Honestly, it's a blessing to me. And it's not that I don't want to meet you. I'm just like, oh, yes, I get to be on my own. So the fact then when I was being told I wasn't allowed to do anything or go anywhere, I was like, for God's sake, like, and I suppose it was after a time like my own socials at the time, like probably 18 months prior to that, I was doing more than I'd ever in my life done. I was going, I went to Disneyland with pennies. I was in London with L'Oreal. I'd been doing so much and I was probably burning the candle at both ends because I was like, oh my God, I know who I am now. And then and still hadn't a clue who I was. Like I was only 22, you know, or at the time coming into COVID was 2020. So I was actually 25. And I think that's when even though I was told to stay at home, 25, I think, is very much the year people decide, are they going abroad? Are they staying at home? And because of the pandemic, that option was taken away from me regardless. I have never wanted to live abroad, but it was the fact the option got taken away from me. I was like, oh my God, what if COVID wasn't here? Maybe I would have gone traveling for a year. I know deep down I never would have, but it's the fact I didn't get the opportunity to make that decision for myself. So I found that time quite hard. I lost my grandfather as well at the start of COVID, he, very all of a sudden. And I'm very close. You, if you, you've you seen my socials, I'm very close to my grandparents or my grandmother, and I was very close to my grandfather. We live next door to them. And I suppose then at the time we were going through grief mm-hmm. and because we we're a very close family, it was a huge grief. You know, my parent, my mom looked after my grandparents. So it was such a huge part of our day and I knew nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose then like of COVID, the first six months, like my grandfather died in December. So I suppose uh, six months after that, it was me, my dad, my mom, my grandmother living in the one house. Mm-hmm. And it's, we don't have like, it's a normal size family house. I was like, I love you all so much, but I'm going to absolutely murder you. Like, because it's just, it's not a mantle. Like it's, you know, it was very hard to get space. There's one sitting room, you know, if you're at home all the time, want to watch TV. Now I had, I was very lucky. I still got to work through COVID and because it was an online business, I actually got to leave work, leave my house and go to an office every day. Do you know? So I was very fortunate that way, but I was like, I'm going to murder y'all. I need a break. So I actually moved into my grandparents' house, which is right next door to my parents' house. Um, And that was a huge, like that was a huge, I suppose, gateway for me during that time because I felt like I had a space to do up. Even though I was locked inside at home, I and couldn't go out and couldn't express myself through clothes. And every day during COVID, I got up and I got dressed and I put my makeup on. My friends used to laugh at me when we'd go on like a video call or whatever and they were like me, seriously, are you done up? But I was like, if I'm not done up, I'm feeling dressed. I will feel like I'm falling apart. I have to put myself together because this is a normal day. I have to look at it that way. Yeah, And I suppose then because I was moving out, I was moving I was moving next door. I had a new creative outlet. I got to do up a place. I got to express myself that way, which really helped, but... COVID was not a fun time for me. And I took a huge step back from socials and expressing who I was. So there was just so much going on in the world. I was kind of like, God, I what am I sharing? There's people dying. You know, and I do feel an awful lot. I take on an awful, I'm a very empathetic person. I know I said earlier, I'd have no sympathy for people, but I actually have too much sympathy. So mm-hmm. I, I take on a lot of people's feelings. I feel bad for people. And I take it personally, so I can't, it's not a good environment for me to be in worrying about other people, you know, that kind of way, because I take it on personally. Um. So, yeah, I didn't enjoy COVID at all. And I finally decided to go to Coachella with my best friends just before COVID and the week before it got cancelled <laughs> because everything cancels when I was like, for God's sake, I've been saving for years for this. And then, yeah, so I suppose it all hit me with a bang.
0: Yeah I think this idea of I don't know creativity and having a creative outlet is coming up so much in this conversation and you have that through either the home that you moved into or your grandparents home through clothes through fashion through social media and I think it's something that more and more people are beginning to I'm certainly beginning to discover about myself like I I was never arty or not musical but I recognize that there's other ways to be creative and, and it's not like it's all colorful or things like that like there is yep. your own way to be creative and I think I'm beginning
1: to. this, say, podcast, this podcast is crazy. is my creative
0: yeah. this is this is how I how I get creative it's how what consumes me nine or 24 mm-hmm. seven it's what I'm thinking about and I think I think when I was younger in school just because I wasn't good at art I was like I clearly haven't got that box that's something yeah. I don't need to worry about clearly I'll have to figure out something else but what I'm beginning. Yeah. Recognized through these conversations, or through just having conversations with friends, and seeing that everyone there's a part of like I think your mid twenties. I'm feeling anyway. I'm twenty six. That mm-hmm. you 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 kind of begin to rediscover yourself. And you mentioned at the start Absolutely. of the conversation this idea of finding yourself and losing yourself. And I think you know this idea of losing yourself is really compelling because I think that we grow up and we think we're in this box and we have to be this way and X, Y, and Z. Whereas I love the idea of losing yourself, like taking off the shackles, figuring it out, getting really, really lost, questioning things. For me, that's how I can see the kind of mid twenties. And and for a lot of people, that's what I'm beginning to recognize. And for you, I would love to hear more about your creative outlet and and your love of fashion and color and sharing that with people, whether it's through your house or your, your home kind of decor. Or your fashion your clothes your makeup everything like that because I think it's it comes across so clearly how how much you love it and I mm-hmm. really love talking about things with people that they love because yeah. their face lights up and I think like you said there's so much going on in the world there always will be there always is but when people are talking about and doing more of the things that they love I think it's I think it's addictive I think it's um I think it brings everyone else with them. It gives them opportunity to express themselves in their own way. And I think it's, um we need more of it. We need more
1: of it. Absolutely. And I'm the type of person, I hate surface level conversations. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand when someone's like, how was your day? I literally want someone to tell me what to think of the moon and the stars in the first five minutes of knowing me. then I, I think that's why I'm so open with like my mental health and everything like that. I almost, to a degree almost self-identify myself that way and I probably shouldn't but I just want someone like I'll almost introduce myself going hi my name is Neve, and I'm an anxious person you know that kind of and I shouldn't but I feel like it makes whoever you're speaking to comfortable from the get-go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know so that's why I'm so open that way um oh god in creativity wise I suppose like growing up I was never the smartest like person in the room by any <laughs> manner means I always had to work My brother was so naturally intelligent and I used to kill me that I was like, he doesn't have to work and he just does it. And I have to break my ass. Like I did summer school. My mother used to be doing extra homework at home with me. And she was like, she can't be stupid because she knows every word to a Britney Spears song she has there has to be written that side of things young and I didn't realize that I was a creative person back then you know like I was in stage school I was in ballet my mother had me stuck in everything and I'm very fortunate for that even though when I'm in my like early teens and I'm like oh for god's sake I have to do this after school you know it stood to me um so I suppose back then I didn't really didn't know what was my creative out it was but looking back on photos of me younger and everything like that I always was like putting different outfits together my mom came from the fashion industry it's my grandmother worked both my grandmothers worked in the fashion industry and I suppose unknowns to myself it was in bread like bread I don't know if that's the word I was trying to speak. say but like it was in me unknowns to myself you know like my parents always say my grand aunt she was always into her looks and her designer stuff like she couldn't play the piano but she bought a grand piano and she had a new house do you know what I mean (laughs) and it's a visual thing and I'm I suppose to a degree that's the type of person that I am like small things like my grandmother used to knit and sew her own clothes my other grandmother's paints and you know she crochets and everything like that and unknown to myself it's always been in my life um but I suppose like that in school and stuff you're not a let, you're, you're pigeonholed to a degree and like that I can't draw a straight line with a ruler so I, in my head was like I'm not arty, I'm not creative I have to go down the business route so I was put into that business category and you know the studious category and I worked my hours haven't gotten my results and everything like that but it wasn't fulfilling by any manner of means so that's when I took my gap years, actually working on River Island at the time mm-hmm. discovered my love for shopping mm-hmm. discovered I have my own money, you know, and it was pittance when you think when I think about it now, like how much because I didn't have bills, you know, I was living at home, didn't have a car, didn't have anything like my money was my money and things were so much cheaper back then. Mm. And. Yeah, I was just trying. It, I probably came to the stage that I was trying to justify coming home with continuous shopping bags. Um, and Instagram was starting at the time. And I was m- like, my parents couldn't give a crap what I spent my money on. Like, they're just like off with you. It's your money. If you've no money tomorrow, that's your like, baby, you deal with that. Um, and I laughed because Probably at 20, I could have probably put down a deposit for a house on my own. Now, I couldn't put a deposit down for a house in Smith's. Like, you know what I mean? I, oh my God, like, I'm like, don't ever kick me out of my family house. (laughs) Like, even my my mom does, like, she calls my home, my old bedroom, the spare room now. And I'm like, excuse me, it's my (laughs) bedroom. (laughs) It's not the spare room. Do you know, I'm like, how dare you? And she's like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to say that. I'm going off on another tangent. But all that stuff led me to posting on socials, starting to put my outfit, I had zero intention of gaining any bit of a following. I was always a person, I hated people's attention on me. I hated speaking about it. And it took me a long time to realize that that's why I loved fashion. It's because the way I dressed and looked, told people who I am and spoke to people without me actually physically having to say a word. And it was like my security blanket because I get it a lot. Now people going to be, how do you wear what you wear? And I don't think I dress any bit wacky or anything like that. I just wear what I like. And I just, if it's an all beige outfit, it'll hurt my soul. You know what I mean? I just, it's, it's just not me. And some days I do wear that, but I find what I wear. And this is what I was discovering in those gap years. And I suppose my early twenties is what I wear was a protective layer for me. It was my safety net. While to some people, they probably like, God, how do you have the balls Mm -hmm. to say to wear that? And I'm like, I don't even, it doesn't even enter my head because that makes me feel safe. Mm. Um, and the more I delved into that, the more safe and okay I got with myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's something I have to instigate into my everyday life to make me feel okay. I like even down to my hairstyle people are probably like the girls like you ever let your hair grow down like my hair used to be down to my arse and in the big long ponytail and I'm like if someone tells me to let my hair grow long I'll cut it shorter out of (laughs) consciously it's just who I am It's like and my hair now I'm like I look like Edna Mode and I actually don't care it's the most man repellent haircut I don't care I'm like it's me I feel myself it's not the conventional Style, but it's me and I love that mm-hmm. the world and even TikTok and stuff are allowing people feel more of themselves and that people are more. Even seen boys on Insta TikTok feeling mm-hmm. okay about talking about their feelings and, mm-hmm. you know, that they're not this manly man. I just love that side of things and I think that's what creativity and fashion has opened up for people and I think that's what it opened up for me, yeah. um. Amazing. I think I've gone off so many tangents, but oh
0: <laughs> Niamh, it's amazing. And I think this—it's—it's it's coming up this idea of like positive self-disclosure. And when you say yeah. it's on, it's like, "Hi, I'm Eve, and I'm on antidepressants," or using your fashion as a way to express yourself, and and that's that self-disclosure. For for some people, for some people, it's like you said, it is that safety blanket. And we all have a version of that self ourselves, but if it it does keep you safe, there's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. And also, I think. Allowing yourself to do the things that you want to do, the things that make you happy, give space for other people to do the same thing. I'm sure you get messages like that, people telling you, you know, you inspire them to dress like this or to buy this or to not care, not to care what other people think. And I think that is, like you said, TikTok is such a, it's such a great, and even seeing, you know, guys talk about fashion, different outfit videos. I think for me, it's opening up a world where people are showcasing the things that they love. And like the the algorithm, there's no controlling it. It it can, it can completely blow up someone's career or opportunities like overnight. And I think absolutely someone it does. I I think it's something where it's like the authenticity of when someone is doing something that they love. I think it's so clear. I don't think you can fake that. I think it's so obvious. I think if we could fake it, we would all be
1: multi-millionaires or something because I think it's too hard to do and and I think during like this has always been the case like people there has always been a degree of people who've always been themselves who've always expressed themselves who didn't care what society thought of but it's just now we have social media to see someone at the other side of the world being themselves whereas 50 60 years ago you didn't have that you know what I mean so you what you thought your local community was you thought the whole world was
0: yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, and for you, Neve, when it comes to being yourself and following what feels right for you, you've also kind of had a very, I would say like relatively hot take on this idea of Emigration in our twenties and yeah. living at home, and your family being parts of your best friend, mm-hmm. and and having like you said earlier, no intention, no want, no drive to go. And before we popped on this call, I kind of explained a little bit more about why yeah. I ended up on this idea that you know everyone I felt at a time, and I still kind of do now, that everyone wanted to go, everyone wanted to yeah. leave, that there seems like there is this kind of large scale emigration um, and this is what these conversations and um, takes like yours are so important to balance out this idea of Australia, Canada, London, New Zealand to this idea that you're here and you actually don't want to go and yeah. your family is your you're some of your closest friends and I'd love to hear about where your head is at with this whole thing like as we know before you mentioned before Ireland is not necessarily always the easiest place to live in your 20s when it comes to cost things like that friends emigrating what you see and I would consider myself who's someone who sees a lot of what you see too so much to be here for
1: can you tell me about yeah. like that um I suppose a motto I kind of live by is the grass is always greener where you water it mm-hmm. um I suppose in the last 12 to 18 months I've gone through a stage of it people haven't asked me are you moving abroad the question has always been when are you moving abroad mm-hmm. and my face is always like huh like it's it's not even in my realm, and I suppose now people almost feel guilty or they're the wrong ones for not traveling or not going abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like I say, out of my childhood friends, out of 12 of us, there might be five of us left here mm-hmm. and seven would have immigrated. I just said goodbye to another friend Um, two weeks ago to going abroad. And I think that's, that's brilliant for them. And look, life isn't easy here by any manner or means. I'm broke all the time like everyone else and that's the way it is but Mm -hmm. when you go to these other countries in my head is you still face the same Mm problem you're just in a different you're just in a different country and the reason it seems so exciting is because the country is new the lifestyle is new but at the end of the day when you take all those things back you're living the same life as you do at home Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I suppose what I see of it is at home I have my safety net and my I'm very fortunate that I'm very close to my parents and my family and I have that safety net and I know a lot of people don't have that safety net but I think for me I don't know do I sound so old and nanny saying this but like life is supposed to be all about family and I know not that that's not the case for everyone and every family has family issues but I am very fortunate that I am very close to my parents and I want to spend the time with you that's what you're putting this earth for like you're to spend time with people you love and I think if I moved I'd lose those opportunities and like my grandmother I'm very fortunate to have both my grandmothers left while Australia, is like social media is so good that you can feel like one of my friends moved last week and I we were all upset about her leaving. and then I was like actually why are we getting upset like you're just in a different time zone I'm just going to be talking to you at different times that's literally it and that's the way we've been looking at it I didn't say bite her I literally was like oh I'll talk to you later do you know and we have that but at the end of the day if something goes wrong you're still 36 hours away you're not there in an instant and I find that so hard because my dogs after waking up (laughs) um, because you are at the other side of the world and I don't know my saying different five different stories at once but It just has never been me. I like my comfort. I like the home I've created. I like my safety net. And maybe it's me limiting myself. I have no intentions of putting myself into an environment that I know and I think it's because I've struggled with my mental health Mm -hmm. that I know I won't be comfortable in. You know, that and I, I, I suppose going to that, I'm opening a door to go down a dark path again. Yeah. I don't want to go down that dark path. And if this is where I feel comfortable, mm-hmm. amazing. And don't get me wrong, I absolutely love to travel. I don't make sure this year is the first year I've only gone on one holiday. You know, as in one city break, I went to Copenhagen Fashion Week on my own last year. I go to London on my own. Do you know I I've no bother solo traveling and going to Copenhagen again in January on my own for fashion week. Hopefully I'm going to Japan next year and I don't care if I'm going on my own. Like it's none of that. It's I hope to see the entire world but I always want my base to be home that when I come back this is my safe space and this is where I feel like I can be 110% myself
0: it's it's really refreshing to hear that need because I think it's probably what quite a few people think like I I, to be honest that's where I'm at as well and when it comes to I do sometimes think God, am I not getting enough cultural experiences? Or am I really going to find myself if I if I do it from, from the comfort of what I've always known? Or am I gonna, am I missing out? Am I missing out on all these opportunities? Am I limiting myself? Like you just said. And that is something that I think about often, particularly mm-hmm. when I watch this podcast, and I hear about the incredible experiences that other people are having abroad and the travel and how they have found themselves away. But I don't think that necessarily means that you can't find yourself at home either. Um, Absolutely. And that's what I feel like for me right now. It's like just if I was to go right now, it would be unaligned to where I want to be or where I want to go. It would be yes. because I felt a subconscious pressure and a, and a privilege associated with that as well, that I could technically go if I wanted to. And for me, I think that, and I I definitely don't think we're alone in this. I've had people reach out and other people who I've spoken about who've come home and even the Irish abroad, everyone recognizes that it's something particularly special at home or most people. But I think there is that discourse of you're always, or I'm definitely always like, jeez, maybe I'm like, am I'm, I'm I going to regret this? Is there going to be some sort yeah. of regret in the future? And I just think that it comes back to actually questioning what we want as individuals and where we want to go and like living that life based on those values. And for yourself, you said, this is your safety net. This is your home. This is where you feel good. This is where the people that you love are. And that doesn't mean you can't travel or experience new things or grow. Yeah. will just look different to maybe the other people. And I think that's OK. And I think this whole conversation has come back to this idea of like this. It's OK to be different. It's OK to do things your own way. And I think that's what your mid 20s particularly are about. It's like you've kind of gone through the peer pressure years. You've done what everyone else did, if maybe potentially. But it's now questioning where when people are going. Do you want to go to? And for some people, they do and they find yeah. themselves. And that's the thing. But I think this conversation is about both sides. It's about up and down. Absolutely. It's changing your mind as well and allowing yourself that in a year's time, if that was a different perspective, well, then that's different. But Absolutely. When, when it comes to, you know, you have experienced so much, Neve, and you've been so generous with, with sharing that with or on this podcast today. I would love to hear if there's any bit of advice that you could maybe share with us that maybe you've learned over the last few years about, I don't know, it could be anything, but I feel like you, you've, you yeah, you're definitely, you've definitely learned a lot, but also you're very generous with what you've learned. So I, I'm excited for the next. Oh, thank
1: bit. you so much. I, don't know. <laughs> I think I find it when like I get almost not embarrassed when like I hear that and I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Cause I feel like I haven't even tapped into what I can learn and, do you know what I want to do and the impression I can make in this lifetime? if Or none. Like I'm quite happy making none also, you know, that kind of way. But it took me a long time to realize this, but I think the one thing um, I could tell someone is to just truly accept who they are, like to truly accept who they, tr- when, what they feel, who they are when they feel they're happiest, to accept that and to thrive off it. Because I know I doubt myself so much. And I have this conversation with my mom and I say she's blue in the face from telling me and I'm like, oh, another girl is moving abroad. Maybe I should move or, oh, my God, one of my friends is after having a baby and engaged. Why aren't I doing that? And mom's like, you have to look back and evaluate what you've done with your life. She said, you've gone abroad with some of the biggest brands in the world. You have bought the dream handbag that you've always wanted while it's a materialistic goal, she says that was still your goal and you have to achieve and accept and celebrate that. And like your path is different to others. And I always doubt that until I come back and ask, am I happy that I did that? And I absolutely am. I like when I'm down and sad and it might sound so ridiculous, I go in and I sit in my wardrobe and I'm so happy. You know what I mean? That's what brings me... Joy and I only realize that they bring me joy when I've accepted that's who I am.
0: I think that's what it's all about, and I think that's kind of like I always say. This podcast is is about travel and emigration and living at home, yeah. but it's actually about the person who we're talking to today and what yeah. they went along the process because that impacts every other decision that they make. And this idea Absolutely. of accepting yourself for the good and bad things, and it's something that you kind of mentioned earlier, is that. No matter where you go, whether it's across the street, the granny's house to Sydney or New Zealand, you take yourself with you and you take your stresses, your insecurity, your anxieties, the best and worst parts of you. And I think that is something that
1: sometimes we can pretend that the grass is greener on the other side. I think people think once you hop on that plane and it's absolutely not. I could think that when I get into my car you know, and go to and buy this handbag when that every, everything's going to be healed. But I do think a lot of people think that when I hop on that plane and I go to the other side of the world, everything I don't like about myself or everything I doubt about myself is going to be left at that plane door. When realistically, they're still with you. You're still the same person you are when you left. You're just in a new environment and how you, some people, absolutely thrive. And I love to see that. And some people don't and they come home and they guilt themselves that they didn't successfully didn't work out for them, you know, but I'm like, who cares? Who actually cares? You can start again. You can wake up tomorrow and decide to be a completely different person, you know, and have completely different beliefs and have think the complete opposite of what you thought all along. And who cares? You know, honestly, like I, I'm saying this to you and I'm the biggest preacher of it. And I have to remind myself of it daily, you know, that these are my thoughts. But deep down, I truly do believe like everyone has the access and are allowed to wake up tomorrow morning and be who they want to be. You know, whether that's completely different to who they are today, completely different to who they are next week. Everyone's absolutely entitled to be that. And I think life really She's I'm very philosophical now but life really isn't um hasn't been worth it if you didn't live it the way you want to live it does that make sense absolutely and
0: I think it does come back to that I think you know if again it's so unique and I always try to preface that maybe not everyone can have that opportunity but you do have an opportunity to you know if if you can or to, to do like as someone said before in this podcast there's like there's one thing every day that you can do to get you closer whether that's setting up the Instagram page tidying up the wardrobe you know going to therapy x y and z Absolutely. there is something that you can do and it's not going to be as glamorized as it is on social media it's likely going to be a lot harder than that it's probably going to be harder yeah. than being exactly where you are right now but I like the way I think about it is and for me like it's it's the fact that I'm you know doing this podcast and studying. It's like for me, my values are future focused. I want a career yeah. and life that I love for the rest of my life. And yeah. because I and that might change in ten years, you might I, wake I, up one morning and say I don't like this. Yeah, and I that might change say. absolutely. And I think it's it's this idea of making those decisions based on your values, but also accepting that those values might change, and there's nothing wrong absolutely. with that. Either. And when it comes to this idea of home, Neve we've spoken so much about it.
1: Yeah. What does home mean to you? Um, Home can be anywhere in the world. It doesn't have to be a physical place. It doesn't have to be anything. And this might contradict what I've been saying all long, but I do think home is yourself. I think home is where if you can truly accept who you are and be comfortable in it, you are home. You're the one person you're with all the time. You're thoughts are the one person you talk to all the time you answer yourself even though this is the first sign of madness answering your own questions we all do it you are home and your body is your home and it's not about looking after your body and like being the fittest because I'm currently eating chocolate biscuit cake and a can of Coke Zero for my breakfast you know so it's but it's your home is yourself it's your mind it's your safety net and if you're not looking after that you're never going to feel comfortable no matter where you are in the world and for some people their physical home isn't their safest place and the opposite side of the world is and that is absolutely perfectly fine but if they're not okay in themselves if they are not accepting of who they are and feeling safe and secure in themselves no matter where they are in the world they'll never feel truly at peace or at home And I'm not saying I'm there or anywhere near it. And I know damn well. I'll probably have negative thoughts this evening and I'll have to talk myself out of them. But I always, at the end of the day, and it sounds so cliche, we're literally on a floating rock in the middle of the world. Like, like, do you know what I mean? There's so much happening to other people. And like the world at the moment is so crazy and just inhumane and I look at this sometimes I'm like I don't want to be here anymore you know and it's not like a cycle like like it's not a personal thing of those negative thoughts it's just like I hate this place at times you know but if I was in Oz I'd look at the news I'd still hate this place you know it's but unless I feel good in myself and I have accepted who I am it'd be 400 times worse you know so if I can find a degree of peace within myself the external noise you can block it out to a degree you know Absolutely. so I don't know is that a roundabout way of saying it oh god
0: absolutely no and I think you know need there there's so much there's so much I I relate to a lot I knew I would to a lot of what you you have to say yeah. and what you think because I think yeah I just I really understand where you're coming at from from these different things and I think a lot of other people will and I know a lot of people who who may not have known you before this conversation will want to know you and they'll want to support thank you so and they'll want to follow you and they'll want to get excited for the things that you have coming up so I guess when it comes to the future and looking forward a little bit what are you excited for where can we support you how
1: do we find oh, you Everything so like that. um to be honest I'm the type of person I never really know what I'm doing next week like I love like I said to you at the start <clears throat> if you want to make someone laugh tell them your plan and I would love to say I have a five-year plan and I would love to say that I know exactly what I where I want to be in five years but where I wanted to be five years ago is completely different to where I am right now um so I suppose if I can keep But like investigating who I am and learning to love and accept myself and find some semblance of joy in my life every single day and leave some level of good, whether I was to live another 80 years or another eight years, you know what I mean? that I can leave a mark that I want to let people know to be themselves, to celebrate themselves. And I suppose that's a message and I don't know what in what medium I'm ever going to do that in. And at the moment is fashion. Who knows in 10 years time, I might decide to a psychology degree? You know, you just never know. But I suppose the message I always want to give to people is just like being you is perfectly okay. And just to accept others for who they are. And that's the kind of lasting message i always want to leave you know and i don't you know if that answering your question again but in my socials i suppose are the way i'll always do it and i'll always block 98 percent of my life um because that's my life and i do you know like to keep that to myself um but through my clothes it's my medium of expressing myself and it's the medium i'm i'm comfortable with letting people know about me so yeah yeah i don't know is that the way you'll follow me next week I might decide I'm only wearing black clothes from now on you know so <laughs> well
0: well listen be that avenue <laughs> absolutely and I think you know I can't wait to, to follow and support you personally but I know other people listening to this conversation are definitely going to relate to a lot of what you said particularly those who are at home and maybe those who are away who I guess are learning that new perspective and recognizing that it's not these things aren't binary. It's not black or white. There's no yeah. right or wrong. It's an individual decision. It's an individual one that changes, and that is, I think, the fluidity of, I guess, life in general is yeah. something that I love to to bring up in this conversation. But Neve, it has been an absolute pleasure getting to know you, oh. like I knew it would be, and I'm just so grateful thank for this you so conversation. Much. So thank you so much for joining me on Greener
1: Fields and thank you for having me i really appreciate it and for beans as well because he's here even though she's wrecking my head in the background thank, thank you for so so
0: thank, thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of greener fields to get involved follow us on instagram at greener fields and let us know who you'd like us to talk to next thank you so much again and i'll chat to you really soon